Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. Where do we even start? Yeah, this is Susan Pierce Thompson coming to you from my basement with full hair and makeup and sparkly earrings and pajamas because I'm not going anywhere for a long time. Um, I live in New York State and um, yeah, my kids are home from school indefinitely. Uh, the gyms are closed, the restaurants are takeout only, the bars are closed. Um, yeah, schools are shut down. Um, pretty much everything's shut down. Like we're on um, homestay indefinitely, like we don't know. Um, and I'm guessing that this might be reaching you in a similar state or um, maybe on your way there. It's kind of hard to predict. Things are moving so fast in coronavirus land, this new reality that we live in, that I'm just realizing that last week I shot the vlog on something entirely else. And not because I didn't want to talk about coronavirus. I'm not one to avoid an elephant in the kitchen. If you know me well, you know that. Um, it just wasn't on my mind. Like it hadn't just all um, bloomed yet into this thing that it is now. And it's been interesting, right? Watching how one day feels like a couple of weeks in uh, the growing evolution of awareness of what this is and what this looks like and the information that's coming out and you know um i remember a time not that long ago when what it felt like to be a good person through this um coronavirus scare was to like not be afraid and not spread panic and go about your business and um it's really interesting to watch the evolution of what it looks like for each of us individually to be a good person through this, right? To do our part. And, um, you know, of course I want to talk in this vlog about you. I've been thinking about you so much and about Bright Line Eating and your Bright Line Eating journey. And, you know, if I'm honest, I, um, I don't want to say I put my head in the sand at first about this, but maybe a little bit. I was a little bit shell-shocked as this all kind of unfolded and I didn't communicate with you for um, days as this was unfolding. You were getting these um, amazing poised emails from Ocean Robbins and the Food Revolution Network and uh, a good one from Tommy Rosen from Recovery 2.0 and whatever other lists you were on, right? They all put out uh, a COVID-19 email, right, about their company's policy and we're washing everything down or here's the resources that you can be taking advantage of. And I was just kind of watching all that going, I don't know, like I didn't know what to say yet. I don't know, you know. Um, uh, you know, and it took what it took. And a couple days ago, um, I came out of my shell and I started doing Facebook Lives. I just wanted to be with you. I just, I just felt like, we need to be together. And um, I'm really glad that I did those Facebook Lives before doing this vlog. Um, I felt a little bit like I should do an emergency vlog on Saturday or Sunday or something 
things were just changing so rapidly. I don't know if you felt this way, but I sort of felt like a week between vlogs from last week to this week felt like too long. It felt like I should be speaking to you before now. Um, but I also have a part of me that's been really careful of the, um, uh, the, I don't know what to call it exactly, the viewpoint maybe, the notion that, um, uh, that I've got to jump in, right? That I've got to jump in and um, do something or save people or lead or something, right? Like um, I went into our communities, you know, we have a Brightline Eating official public Facebook group and we of course have our incredibly loving and supportive Bright Lifers group and we've got people in the boot camp right now and I just went into those communities and I was like, people are loving each other and supporting each other and the Brightline Eating um, team is amazing and there was so much loving and being loved happening and I was sort of like, okay, like it's, it's happening, people are you know, getting their questions answered and loving on each other and leaning in. And so I just kept watching for a couple more days and you know, it took what it took. Um, I think a lot of us maybe feel that way that it's, it ta it's taking what it's taking for our own awareness of all this to sort of mature and evolve and for us to get our bearings, right? The world is changing so fast. And, um, you know, if you want to know how I am, the answer is probably a lot like you, right? Like up and then down and then up and then down and sort of mixed, right? Like, um, I for sure have my moments where I'm like, I'm safe, I'm good, I'm okay, you know? Um, everything is okay. We're getting through this. We will get through this. Everything is going to be okay. And, um, and I'm seeing the beauty and and then other moments where I feel like I'm kind of flipping out, you know, where my anxiety is is skyrocketing. And I just got to say, that's a weird thing. Is I am not prone to anxiety, like at all. I have a very uh, low arousal nervous system, which is why I tend toward needing so much external stimulation just to get my brain up to a normal baseline. I am an extrovert. I need... I need input coming in typically. So for me to have anxiety, like if I'm having anxiety, oh my goodness, I cannot imagine what most people are going through. Um, yeah. So here's the thing about anxiety. People have asked me on Facebook Lives, like what's the psychology of all this? And I'm like, I'm not a, an expert in uh, emergency crisis psychology. However, I, I've been thinking about that a little bit more and there is something that I can share with you about anxiety. I think I've shared it once in a vlog. You may or may not remember. Um, it might stick more now that it's so relevant. But psychologists have long known that there's this powerful, powerful relationship between anxiety and a perceived sense of control. A perceived sense of control. Like, I am in control right now. I can control happenings. You know, if you look at people who feel anxious going um, on an airplane flight and those who don't, and you ask someone who feels anxious flying, you know, do you feel in control up there or out of control? And they, you know, their eyes bug out of their head and they're like, are you kidding me? I feel completely out of control. Like that plane could go down anytime. I can't control it. And you ask the person who's not afraid of flying, 
no anxiety. Do you feel in control or out of control up there? And they say, oh, I feel really in control. Like I've got my little space and I've got my movie to watch. I brought a magazine. Yeah, I always have my little snack and um, it feels like a very controlled, safe environment to them, right? Who's right? I, you know, um, maybe some philosophy professor will publish a paper on that. But, you know, the, the reality is that anxiety tracks almost directly inversely with your sense of perceived control. So it's no wonder that anxiety is going through the roof for people right now, right? Talk about lack of control over things. And, and of course our food, right? So um, my husband's been thinking about, uh, you know, he's a finance guy. So he's been thinking about this two by two matrix of like um, uh, fear and hardship or security, right? And the two dimensions are health like how afraid are you of your health? How afraid of you are the health of loved ones? Um, or how not afraid are you of that? And then finances is the other dimension, right? How afraid are you of your finances right now? Or how not afraid? And he's been thinking about those quadrants and like how people are reacting differently depending on those quadrants. There's a lot of uncertainty right now, right? So um, people's anxiety is going up as their sense of control is going down. And so when we talk about, um, well, how do you handle your food right now? Um, it's really interesting. People have really different senses of um, what they need to do with their food to feel in control, right? What they need to do to feel in control around their food. How, how much food do you need in the house to feel safe? And it might vary from day to day. Like I was on Facebook Live with someone who's like, I don't know, I got two weeks of food in the house. And um, sometimes I'm fine with that. And other times I just feel like I got to go get more food, you know. And um, it's that it, it's that interplay between anxiety and control, right? The anxiety ratchets up and um, the part of you that wants to feel in control of things comes in and wants to sort of clamp down, lock down. And, you know, what should you do with your food is is an interesting question. Um, it reminds me a lot of um, another catastrophic circumstance that's an individual one, but it's getting diagnosed with cancer, right? So it seems like looking around society right now, in some ways, we've all been diagnosed with cancer. Um, and society at large has been diagnosed with cancer, but individually, right? Like, let's stay on the individual, like you and your Bright Line Eating journey. It's sort of like a cancer diagnosis, what's going on right now in the sense of um, uh, it's, it's feeling like a big perceived emergency. Now I'm making things up. Maybe it doesn't feel like that for you, but there will be people who relate to that notion that it feels like a big perceived emergency. And um, information is unfolding over time and kind of changing by the, by the day as you, you know, get more information from various experts and learn more about conditions. And there's a lot of like needing to act um, or not act in the face of uncertainty and various assessments of risk, right? Like where's the risk? How risky is it? What, what levels of, of risk am I willing to tolerate? How uncertain am I willing to be, right? 
So some people get diagnosed with cancer and uh, they're like, oh, surgery, radiation, chemo, get this thing out of me, smash it to smithereens. And other people are like, um, yeah, no, I'm gonna go drink wheatgrass juice for eight weeks, you know, at a health farm. And um, uh, I want those chemicals as far away from me as possible. And so I have never been diagnosed with cancer, but my mom was diagnosed with cancer um, 15 years ago. Hi, mom, I love you. Um, I did talk with her this morning to ask her if it was okay if I um, shared this in the vlog. Um, yeah, she was diagnosed with uh, bilateral breast cancer, a different cancer in each breast. And um, I remember that diagnosis. I was just back from Australia. It felt like such a gift and a blessing that I was able to be there physically in person. I was actually living with her at the time. David and I didn't have jobs yet, and um, we were living with her when the diagnosis came. And I remember going um, to some appointments with her, and I remember getting my own support to find out how I could best support her. So this is about to circle around to your Bright Line Eating journey right here in a second. The wisest people that I talked to about how I could best support my mom said, everyone handles cancer differently and it's not gonna be supportive to her if you impose a lot of your thinking about what she should do and how she should assess these risks onto her. She's gonna find her own truth inside of her and to be supportive to her, you nurture and support that. Support her in doing what's right for her. Because different people choose to walk a very different path in the face of that kind of diagnosis and risk and uncertainty. And I was talking with my mom this morning and she said, yeah, I remember we got this test back where they tested some of the cancer nodes with this new test that could um, tell whether there was a likelihood of uh, recurrence. And my result was like infinitesimally low. And, um, and she said, and you didn't pressure me on that. She said, I think you said, well, mom, you've only tested one of the nodules, you know, the cancerous nodules in one breast, you know, there's, a, there's all these other nodules and there's this other breast. And she said, yeah, I, no, I don't need to test those other ones. I know, like I have a spiritual sense of what's going on here and I'm good. And I, to her memory and my memory, I said something like, okay, you have peace. Like you found your answer. And on these Facebook lives, I've heard different people feeling different ways about their food right? I interacted with someone who said, I don't want to go to the grocery store. Is it okay if I just eat less food and ration it out? And I said, yeah, you can do that. And someone else said, I, I'm not wanting to eat. This anxiety is wrecking me, my system, and I'm wanting to eat one meal a day. Is that okay? And I said, yeah, you can do that.
And a lot of people said, thank God for Brightline Eating and I am leaning into my Brightline so hard right now. And I said, yeah, you can do that. And someone said, I'm binging my brains out through this. And I said, yeah, yeah, you can do that. And someone said, I haven't had sugar and flour in a lot of days, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of days. And I just found my hand in the cookie jar last night. What's up with that? And I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I understand. You can do that. So here's the thing. I've talked about this in the vlog before, but we all have a stress bar, like picture a bar graph, right? We all have a stress bar and a support bar. Stress is not universally a bad thing. Everything worth anything in life carries some measure of stress with it. You want to be in human relationship with anybody, spouse, kids, anyone? Welcome to stress. You want to have kids? Welcome to stress. You want to be employed or employ people or be in the workforce game? Welcome to stress. Life is stressful, right? So the game of life is not to reduce your stress infinitely low. I don't recommend that. You'd be a limp noodle. We don't want you, you know, like on the floor with no skeleton. You need some stress, right? Um, now, how much is hugely variable among people, but the key is you need your support bar higher. And what's just happened is our stress bars have just gotten ratcheted up, ratcheted up. So where's your support bar and where's your support coming from? And what can you do to raise your support bar? Okay, let's get back to food for just a second because I wanna make sure to answer the question that we're getting sent in to customer support the most and it's come up on both Facebook Lives that I've done. People wanna know, what do I do if I can't get produce at a meal? And what I want to say is I'm not going to insult your intelligence by pretending that you don't know that there's frozen vegetables and canned vegetables and that Amazon delivers and yada, 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 right? Okay. But what if you can't get produce at a, at a meal? What if you come to a meal and, and you don't have produce? It's okay. Substitute a serving of food from another category. Have an extra serving of protein instead. Have an extra serving of fat instead. Have an extra serving of grain instead. You decide. Do what gives you peace. But your lines are still bright, even if you don't have produce to eat. In general, no sugar, no flour, three meals a day. In general, keeping to your categories and quantities, weighing and measuring your food, sure. and stay sane and do what gives you peace. In the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst conditions, could you live on a five pound tub of oats for days? Yes, 
Would your lines still be bright? Yes. And keep in mind that a lot of people are asking what they can do right now to support others. If you don't feel safe going to the grocery store, perhaps just a thought. You could post that on Facebook and I bet that some food would show up on your doorstep. Someone shared and I love it. I will, I will share my toilet paper. I feel like that's a really sweet message to go around right now, right? Like really, if you don't have a roll of toilet paper, I will drive one over to your house, leave it on your doorstep probably more than one. You can wipe it off with Clorox wipes, bring it into your house. I mean, really, you know? Um, it's like wartime, like people band together. We look out for each other. I mean, if, if we're learning anything from this, it's, oh my goodness, do we look out for each other? Isn't it interesting that without a, without a vote, without a anything, like this um, sort of collective, we protect the people in our society, this notion of we are coming together to take care of those most vulnerable. It's a beautiful sentiment in a lot of ways, what's happening right now. And it provides opportunities for us to find out what we're made of and for us to lean into each other. And of course, we're going online <laughs> a lot, right? And I just want to say I'm appreciative of the ingenuity of what people are posting online. I really am. As a psychology professor, I got to say, you learn something about people under duress that you would never learn if they had not been put under duress. And right now we have a social experiment the likes of which we could never get passed through an ethics committee <laughs> to run, right? But we're finding out what matters. And Abraham Maslow, who died in 1970, is, um, I'm sure, very um, pleased and calmed in the great beyond to finally know what the most basic human need is. We now know. We didn't know before now. And those, of course, who've um, made it through their Darwinian fitness to the top of the toilet paper run on the grocery stores pile are using their stores of toilet paper to become even more fit and um, stronger and more physically able and clearly having a lot of extra toilet paper is incredibly meaningful at this time. And you know, if you're like me and you didn't buy any extra toilet paper, you might still be doing okay. I mean, we're finding creative ways to, you know, manage and um, yeah, ending up all right as well as those endeavors are creative and calming. And of course, every landlord out there wants to say that is a joke. You cannot flush a sweater down your pipes and have that go well. That is a joke. That is a joke. That is a joke. Oh, my dears. Thank you for your humor. I got to say, you're brilliant. Like, what is going around right now online in society is like, 
it's just hilarious, right? So thank you for that. And be sure to tune in to the hilarious, ingenious things that people are posting right now. You know, I want to end this vlog with um, just a really important concept. I didn't make this up. Someone on my one of the listservs that I belong to pointed this out, but I just thought it was so important and poignant. He said, you know, this social distancing thing, it's a complete misnomer. We are not needing to engage in social distancing right now. We are needing to engage in physical distancing right now. Our social connections need to be stronger than ever. This is the time to wed the hearts together socially, in love, in support, in camaraderie. Keep physical distance, not social distance. And if you need company, if you need just a breath and some sanity, come online. We are here. We are here. If your lines are bright and you're leaning into them, if you're eating your way through this, if you're somewhere in between and just noticing that the food is calling more than it has in a long time, we are here. I will be online doing Facebook Lives. Get into the Brightline Eating official free public Facebook group. We are here. We are here. We are here. We are here. I just want to close by saying I have a sweet little free gift for you. Um, it's from Monique Rhodes, one of my favorite people. She teaches meditation and she teaches meditation in our Brightline Eating courses. And um, she created a 10 minute track of calming, just calming. <laughs> I listened to it right before I shot this vlog. I'm in my basement. I turned off the lights. I put on headphones and I listen to this track. And I just want to give you access to it. It's free. It's down below. You just click there. You can put in your email address and she'll send you the track. Um, she's also making a lot of sleep tracks because I think a lot of people are having a hard time sleeping right now. And she's making more sort of calm your thoughts, calm your mind, calm your spirit tracks. If you end up not wanting to be on her email list, just opt out, unsubscribe. Um, you could do that with my list too. Like you have control. You have control over a lot in your environment right now. And I hope that you can use this time to find some beauty that wouldn't have otherwise been there. My daughter Zoe and I went out into the woods behind our house today and we built a teepee. We built a teepee and we padded the bottom of it with moss that we got off the side of a hill. And I was so stressed out about the idea of all three of my kids home and definitely like Zoe in particular, we have a hard time getting her to like do a little bit of homework on the best of days, right? Like how are we gonna do all of our coursework at home? They crushed it today. They just went through those packets of homework and um, Zoe for a little bit disappeared and then I stumbled upon her after we built that teepee and she was doing this. She was just doodling. 
And this is what came out of her today, this afternoon before dinner. This is my daughter Zoe, she's 11. And um, that was her drawing today. <sighs> I am in this with you. I am one of you. I am of you, you are of me. We can lean in together. Everything is gonna be okay. Come be with me online. Let's spend time together. I'll see you online all week. And I'll see you next week right here. I love you. You are safe here. We've got this. And that's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week.